You're listening to the Restless Wanderer podcast by Paul Coulter, and this is part seven of a series in book four of the Psalms. Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendour and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys, they flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst, beside them the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted, in them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. You make darkness and it is night. When all the beasts of the forest creep about, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labour until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan which you formed to play in it. These all look good to you, or these all look to you, to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Now, if you listen to the last episode, you'll have seen that Psalm 103 begins and ends with David telling his soul to bless the Lord. And here in Psalm 104, which doesn't have an attribution to any particular author, at least 
in the text. Uh, we see the same thing, bless the Lord, O my soul, at the beginning and at the end. Although in uh, Psalm 103, it's repeated at the beginning and it's a crescendo at the end from blessing from the angels to David's own soul at the very end of Psalm 103. But here in Psalm 104, the reason for blessing the Lord is the nature of creation. In Psalm 103, we saw uh, something about who God is and about uh, redemption, salvation and the blessings that God brings to our life, including healing. But here in Psalm 104, the focus is on the nature of, of the world that we inhabit. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful poem of, of reflection on, on uh, how God governs his, his creation and the power of God over it. Verse four, his messengers, his angels are winds, they're a flaming fire. The, the whole created order reflects the goodness of God, the creation of God. In fact, um, God has made a, a world that is absolutely astounding, homes for each of the, the creatures and the, the well-watered trees food from the earth, even the blessings that we receive, plants for man to cultivate and livestock that just feeds on grass, verse 14. I mean, think about it. You couldn't eat grass, but you can leave a cow out in the field and it'll eat the grass and it produces milk and meat and leather. All of these things that God has provided for us. The fields just sprout grain. Yes, you've got to do a bit of work. I'm, I'm no farmer, as you can probably tell um, from the <laughs> from the way I, I, I say that. But, but there is wine and oil. There are these good things in God's creation. This psalm reflects the meditation, as it's described at the end, of someone who has stopped to appreciate, to enjoy the goodness of God's creation. Just yesterday, as I record this, I, I went for a walk with the dog and my children. And uh, we saw the most beautiful sunset over a, a little uh, lake. And the reflection of the, the clouds in the water and the, the orange colours in the sky and the outline of the trees and the rustling in the, in the undergrowth of some creature. I don't know what it was and the, the swans on the gliding across the water and the little ducks and moorhens, the birds in the air, even the other people who walked past us and their dogs. And my heart was rejoicing. It did good to my soul to stop. And I, I walked whenever the kids fell behind a little bit, as they sometimes do. Um, I just talked aloud to God and prayed, asking him for guidance. But but it was in that place of the beauty of God's creation that I had that impulse to, to speak to him, to call out to him. And that's what creation is meant to do. Of course, the Psalms say that repeatedly, don't they? That creation shows the glory of God. The Apostle Paul says it too in Romans chapter 1, that heavens, uh, that the, the things that are made show God's divine power. They display his majesty and his wisdom. What a tragedy it is then that when I turn on my television and, and there I see beautiful images of created things, landscapes and 
and the creatures that live in them. Astounding. Just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I turned on and there was a, a, a documentary with David Attenborough, the British um, uh, maker of television programmes about wildlife, distinctive voice. But I was absolutely astounded to see I don't know what kind of bird it was because I didn't hear the introduction. I know it was some kind of eagle, but I don't know exactly which one. Uh, and it picked up a, a a goat from the hill that looked far too big for it. And, it. and it soared up into the sky and dropped the goat down to its death. And I know that sounds pretty gruesome, but I was awestruck at the power of that eagle, at its ingenuity in knowing how to get food. And of course, at the scenery that, that, that was the backdrop to all of it. My heart, when I see that, wants to worship. But those documentaries, if they say anything at all about origins, they talk about evolution, mindless processes, often with a, with a, a tone of awe. <laughs> they can see the awe of it as well, but somehow they can't see past that to see the creator. Well, this psalm helps us. It helps our souls to look past the ordinariness of creation and not just the even the awe that is natural when we look at creation. I mean, think about the Leviathan, verse 26, which, uh, to be honest, we don't know what the Leviathan is, whether uh, what kind of sea creature it is, but it's some gigantic sea creature. Uh, and it says that God created him to play in it. <laughs> just, just playing around in the water. I mean, so many of these creatures, they just exist, don't they? You think, well, what are they there for? And that's the wrong question. They're just enjoying God's goodness. They are a, an overflow of the bounty of his creativity and his wisdom. They all look to him for their food. They all depend on him for life. When he takes away their breath, they die and return to dust. Verse 29, when he sends forth his spirit, they're created. God made them. God sustains them. God holds their life in his hands. And yet in the midst of it, there is one species on this earth. The one in verse 23 that goes out to his work and to his labour until the evening. The one that receives not only the, the food that we need to eat, not just grazing plants or, or eating other creatures, but that has cuisine that knows how to turn uh, those things that God created into tasty dishes, attractive to the eye and delightful to the taste buds. And to put around that a social experience of communication with others and relationship. Uh, I mean, all of this God's good gift to us. And yet we look past these things or, or fail to look past them. We see the gifts, but we don't see the giver. And of course, even we who know him so often rush through our lives, just taking and receiving, eating our food quickly, moving from one thing to another, overly busy, underly thankful. We fill our minds and fill our times with futile and pointless things. Things that aren't bad in themselves. I mean, games, if Leviathan is allowed to play in the water, then it's okay for us to play on the land. So please don't misunderstand me. But what I mean is that we, we don't get our priorities right. 
And because we don't slow down and take moments to stop and to breathe and to reflect, we fail to give thanks to God. That's why we need to preach to our souls to bless the Lord. We need to meditate so that we can have a meditation that is pleasing to God, verse 34, so that we can sing the song of the Lord as long as we live, verse 33, so that we can sing praise while we have being. Let's read on then another Psalm, Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of his all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number of little account and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put in a collar of iron, until what he had said came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the peoples set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions, to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes. He turned their hearts to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them, the miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs. Even in the chambers of their kings, he spoke and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He gave them hail for rain and fiery lightning bolts through their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke and the locusts came, young locusts without number, which devoured all the vegetation in their land and ate up the fruit of their ground. He struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their strength. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail, and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. 
He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing, and he gave them the lands of the nations. And they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. That's going to be the last psalm uh, for this little episode. But um, the uh, it adds to this idea, um, or sorry, the penultimate psalm. We will read Psalm 106 as well. But um, it adds to these ideas of reasons to give praise to God. And in chapter 103, we saw that we can praise him for who he is and for his personal blessings to us. In Psalm 104, we praise him because of creation uh, and how it displays his glory. And in Psalm 105, it's it's his story of human history, how he has been working out his purpose for the nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, particularly through the exodus out of Egypt, taking them to the land that he had promised, taking them there so that they could keep his statutes and observe his laws, bringing them joy and singing. So let's read Psalm 106, since it's the last psalm of this book of the Psalms. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favour to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. Both we and our fathers have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea and it became dry, and he led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy and the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise, but they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but they had a, a wanton craving in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. He gave them what they asked, but sent a wasting disease upon them. When men in the camp were jealous of Moses and Aaron, the Holy One of the Lord, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. Fire also broke out in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped a metal image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their saviour, who had done great things in Egypt wondrous works in the land of Ham and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore he said he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Then they despised the pleasant land, having no faith in his promise. They murmured in their tents and did not obey the voice of the Lord. 
Therefore he raised his hand and swore to them that he would make them fall in the wilderness and would make their offspring fall among the nations, scattering them among the lands. Then they yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They provoked the Lord to anger with their deeds and a plague broke out among them. Then Phinehas stood up and intervened and the plague was stayed and that was counted to him as righteousness from generation to generation forever. They angered him at the waters of Meribah and it went ill with Moses on their account for they made his spirit bitter and he spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people and he abhorred his heritage. He gave them into the hand of the nations so that those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them and they were brought into subjection under their power. Many times he delivered them, but they were rebellious in their purposes and were brought low through their iniquity. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all those who held them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. In the last few Psalms, beginning with Psalm 103 in the last episode, we have seen reasons to praise or to bless the Lord. Psalm 103, we see who God is and his personal blessings to us. Psalm 104, we see the beauty and order of his creation. Psalm 105, we see his wonderful works for the nation of Israel, uh, and particularly in bringing them out of Egypt. And now in this psalm, we get a, a longer historical perspective, but a different angle. Yes, it talks about how God brought them out of Egypt, but the focus in this psalm instead is on their disobedience to God, their faithlessness, their rebellion and grumbling. Even Moses himself got exasperated with them and, and sinned and was excluded from the promised land. And it's clear that Psalm 106 is written at the time when Israel was in exile in the nations, the, the, the post-exilic period, the period during the exile rather, and before the return from the exile. It is a, a prayer that God would gather his people from the nations. And as such, it's a, it offsets and is a good reminder that whilst the preceding Psalms have given us so many reasons for glorying at God, how easy it is, it is for us to neglect those things, to wander from him. How tragic it is when people so blessed by God wander away from him. And yet the Psalm holds out a note of hope, how God delivered his people repeatedly, how he, he even blessed them in the exile. 
his steadfast love and his covenant remain before him. And so we can pray for salvation. Of course, we know, as the psalmist didn't at the time of writing, that God did bring a remnant of the people back from exile, although the fullness of the reversal of exile really only comes with the Lord Jesus. In a sense, Israel was still under the nations at the time of Jesus, even though uh, the people had returned from exile they, they were still subjugated to, to the nations. Jesus came to regather God's people, to gather the flock of those who have faith in God, to use his, his image from uh, John chapter 10, not only from amongst the Israelites, but also from among the Gentiles, to gather his people together, to restore their blessing because of his faithfulness to his covenant and because of his abundant steadfast love that's the love in which we trust this is the god who we worship and as we end this little series on book four of the psalms i hope that you've been encouraged to worship and praise him too